0: Buckethead yeah. Buckethead <laughs> I, Well Before you gotta we scratch said, that off my list Anyone that had
1: Buckethead take that off Before you guys
0: got on and explained to Mark Who Buckethead was and I said yeah. what was Axel Thinking you know? at <laughs> all
1: yeah,
0: He was a good player but it says like really that's your thing You wear a bucket of KFC on your head when you play Slash's
2: replacement <laughs> Well he has a funny hat <laughs> mm. And the funny thing is, Buck- Buckethead was only like the 87th sign that the reincarnated Guns N' Roses was in a bit of trouble.
1: <laughs> and really, that's a big one. <laughs>
2: that's a huge sign. Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVee, Mark LeFave, and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram
1: and Twitter. Oh, you got some rock news? Is it Mark David Chapman not getting parole for the eleventh time? Is that is that on there this uh, week?
0: No, it's not. <laughs> Although I do have a Beatles story that if you're if you're really into the Beatles um, and their final days, that's coming up on my news. But uh, cool. three real quick hits here. Uh, my first two are uh, in, in our rock draft, which we're going to be doing today in just a few moments, where we're going to be recruiting our picks for uh, re- lead and rhythm guitarists. Last time around, we did bass and drums. And I'm not sure if you're aware of uh, the player Pete Way he played bass. Uh, he was a bass player in UFO, uh, an English mm-hmm. band, and they were outstanding. Pete Way passed away a couple of years ago. The metal community definitely came out to send their best wishes.
2: Paulie, uh, UFO were they like a prog rock or what? What were they? Oh no, uh, no, they were oh, almost. Yeah, I know nothing written. of UFO.
0: So if you. Hmm. They, I want to call him British new wave of heavy metal. That whole thing with before, that whole thing with Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, okay. and Def Leppard were part of that. But they were just before that. But there was something about him. He was a real character, and he was kind of an icon for those players growing up in the UK. And you know, he was kind of a prototype of an, in, a, in a sense. So if you knew who Pete Way was, you definitely get it. A little, a lot closer to home. I'm not sure if you guys know the band Brighton Rock. But nope. Jerry McGee has lost his battle with cancer. He's been fighting for a year. He's the lead singer of the band. They're based uh, out of uh, the Golden Horseshoe. Uh, and when I first came to Niagara, the first local record that they handed me was the Brighton Rock record. They were Salt of the earth. Jerry is a fantastic guy.
2: My kid was uh, my kid worked for him.
0: Yeah, really. He was eh? running.
2: He was running the place that uh, presses records in Burlington. That's right. Yeah, Jerry. She, she Jerry, was working there.
0: Yeah, Jerry and Brighton Rock continued along, but he saw an opportunity to. Um, he saw where, where vinyl, where vinyl was becoming, a, a, you know, was sort of having a reemergence, and so he was one of these entrepreneurs that was running around the globe buying up a lot of pressing machines and bringing them to Canada.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, but then he fell ill in the last few years, and um, again he lost his battle. As Seemed well,
2: like a so. very nice man. I met him.
0: He's a great guy, as everybody in the, in the music industry and, and musicians alike has said. These guys are a salt of the earth. You would love to hang out with Jerry McGee.
2: So, well, I, I worked with Cahill for years. Don't forget. So him oh, and yeah. him and Jerry were really tight. Actually, I thought about Joe when I read that uh, yeah. yesterday.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I haven't read anything from Joe. I'm think he's probably shook up pretty good. So probably, yeah. They were tight. You know, it's funny when when we see these when we see these musicians that are closer to home. It, it affects us in a different way than a like the first guy i tell you is a guy that you barely know but is highly respected and maybe even has more renown because of where he was in the bands that he played in but jerry mcgee from you know a, a little rough and tumble canadian band um mm-hmm. that had their mark that one hits us in a little different way because we get to know these guys on a, and know and if you get close to them you get to know them and a little bit more personally and all the rest mm-hmm. so my last story is dealing with the Beatles and, I, and if, give me a, a few minutes to sort of set this whole thing up I came across this I came across this thing about the 10 best movie franchises that Rotten Tomatoes uh, just published and it's kind of interesting. Which one of you guys is the uh, Back to the Future guy? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's Mark.
0: <laughs> that's Mark. That's okay, me. well, it's, it's in here. And, and so it deals with <laughs> franchises that deal with at least three movies. So, Godfather, Godfathers 1, 2, and 3, for instance, would qualify for wow. this whole thing. And it's really great. And I think you guys should, you know. You know, can, I, can
2: we do the story and then can we guess it a few, Polly? Would that be all right?
0: Sure. Yeah, all I mean, right. So here's the story. Yeah, coming okay. in, coming in at. I got to find it here as I scroll down the thing. Coming down at number three is the series that best called Middle Earth, which is the uh, Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy plus all the Hobbit movies as well. Too. There's two things ahead of that.
1: Two, there yeah. Are, there are, I'm there are two, and, now and I really will, want to guess me. this list. It
0: will, it, and it's a it's a fascinating list. I will tell you that Star Wars comes in at number ten, and you're going, what? Oh, I
2: can't wait to guess at these. Okay, <laughs> all
0: right. So, so Middle Earth uh, is. You look at you know it's it's. The Tolkien trilogy and, and all the others as well, too. But what made it different from all other interpretations was Peter Jackson, you know, the big filmmaker. And outside of his movies, The Middle Earth, he was approached by the British government to do this uh, centenary project where he took old World War One footage and said, make something out of this whole thing. And so he took a look at 50 hours of old war one, World War One footage, you know, battle footage and stuff like that, grainy black and white stuff, jumpy cameras, shot at different speeds, and then had something like 160 hours of interviews with old soldiers. And he stitched together this uh, incredible movie that came out a year and a half ago called "They Shall Not Grow Old." Hmm. I think somebody in the Beatles camp saw what he had done and says, you know, we have a story that needs to be retold. In the Beatles last year, there was an attempt of the Beatles to kind of get back to where they started and do a film documentary of them writing and recording music in the studio. It became what we know as Let It Be. But um, when it finally came out, it was really embarrassing because... It was an awkward recording session. It was one of those sessions that just wasn't working on and notoriously showed the Beatles uh, bickering and complaining. Not the image of of the Beatles that everybody knew and loved or expected. The movie opened up in theaters. The Beatles didn't even show up for the premiere themselves, which kind of told you a little something. Mm. And it never saw the light of day. Actually, there is a story about Paul and... Paul, or pardon me, about uh, John showing up to see the movie, not af- after the premiere, and they walked in there and they cried because it's just sad what they produced. So, this footage has been kind of sitting on the shelf for years, and they thought, well, let's give it to Peter Jackson, the guy that did the Middle Earth trilogy Lord of the Rings, to see what he can do with wow. it. And okay. so, he's seen all the footage, and him being a diehard Beatles fan who bought all these old bootlegs of this these particular sessions, has looked at it, and he says, you know what, we got it all wrong. This one tells a completely different story from what was depicted in the movie theater. There is footage of these guys actually getting along and actually doing something creative. So he is going to represent and present Let It Be in a completely hmm. different way. Very cool. It. Yeah, so I don't have a timeline for you on this, <laughs> but I found it really, really interesting. A lot of people fascinated with The Last Days of the Beatles. I just listened to a podcast called You Got It Wrong. And you got it wrong that Yoko broke up the Beatles, hmm. and it and it and it's really fascinating because it really talks about John and his relationship with the women in his past, the people that raised him, and the people that he married. And you may not like him after this thing, and that you realize though he's a product of the way he was the way he was you know grew up. Yeah, Yoko did. You know, there's apparently in this documentary that it's been bootlegged that there's this this uh, fight that is taking place and. And McCartney jokes that you know we're bickering about uh, Yoko. someday, one day, people are going to say that Yoko broke up with the Beatles because she sat on an amplifier while we were sitting in the studio recording. And it's just not what really happened. What was really happening is that these four brilliant guys were becoming going into their thirties, and they were just drifting apart. They had course, other things that yeah. they wanted to do. You know, it's the natural way of doing things. And they're but all brilliant. Be- but, but mm-hmm. Beatles fans romanticized That this relationship should be Like a marriage should last forever And inevitably wasn't But the last days of the Beatles were a lot better Than a lot of people think A lot of people think the White Album for instance Was oh yeah they all came in with their own songs And they never worked together Yet the guys that went over the old tapes Listened to it said You don't hear these guys laughing And the jams that they did is that These guys were inspired by each other's works They didn't work in the, in the way that they worked in the past But Anyways, so there you go. Very cool. But this all kind of started with this Can't. this cop movie franchise. thing. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Who's,
2: you, who's, who else has got a guess? Anybody? Mark, Chris got is, guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was, so, gotta, so Lord
3: of the Rings, Middle Earth is number three. Three. So. Star Wars is ten. So there's still yeah. eight others in there. I would say probably uh, in the top two would be Toy Story. Is my guess. Very good. Toy Story is number one. Yeah. Wow. Because sure. they have so now. many movies and every single one is a smash hit. Well, I think as actually, far as a quality here, perspective, sorry, as far as, as far as a quality perspective, I would say that there's nothing that rivals the Lord of the Rings trilogy as far as like scope yeah, and like agreed. investment and acting. But you have but to like, throw the
1: Hobbit movies in there and they weren't Hobitear, they weren't near as good. Yeah, yeah, I didn't Hobbit think they were near as good, though. I thought
3: nothing of them. I, I found the, it uh, crazy. I the Avengers...
1: The Avengers and all that stuff is probably in that top I, ten. I mean, I, I love Game of
2: Thrones. That whole genre isn't out of my reach, although it's not my my preferred. But I, just yeah. did, I don't know. There was something about the uh, Lord of the Rings that I just didn't. I didn't get it. I, did I guess. Uh, I don't know. Paul, ben, you've never did, did ben, the Matrix find fans, its way? Sorry, in? did the Matrix find its way in the top ten? Uh, no, it didn't. Oh, really? Fuck. Uh, Marvel, Marvel Universe or Batman. Yeah. yeah, they're in there.
0: All right. Do you want me to give you the top 10? Yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let me start at number 10 <laughs> and then we'll get into our rock draft for picking yeah, okay. bass players and guitar players. So coming in at number 10 is Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. And that's a lot of movies that are included in the whole thing. How to Train Your Dragon comes in at number nine.
3: Wow. Which is shocking to me. Never, I don't. And things I don't them. know
0: them. I know that they're, they're loved. Um, the what they call the Wizarding World. The Peter Jackson. The um, this is Harry Potter, Harry Potter. and mm. that series of movies comes in at number eight. In you know, a number seven is the Hunger Games. I forgot. I forgot, I forgot that was a great series with Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, tell me, Twilight's not in here. <laughs> uh, no, <it's, laughs> okay. Uh, Spider-Man all of them okay? okay that's number six number five is Back to the Future that's a really good spot number four is the Marvel Cinematic Universe all of Marvel, them Yeah, I mean there's is, too many there's to list so here so many uh, Number three is the Middle-Earth series. Number two, I forgot about this, the Indiana Jones series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And number one is is Toy Story. Story. Now, listen, there's all the Jack Jack Ryan ones. There's all the -hmm. the James Bond is not on this top ten list here. Um, Fifty
3: Shades of Grey jaws friday
0: the 13th
2: 50 shades <laughs> of
0: Grey. uh what's the uh, for the, the win Born, Chris. the series i mm. loved yeah. I thought it was amazing and those are good so mission
3: impossible yeah the, the, so, i don't know yeah. if you guys have seen any mission of the are good. mission impossible yeah they're really good movies, the new are ones are really good unreal
0: yeah they're, they're great you know so yeah. and, so lots of things to talk about you know
2: one day on that one oh, very but, cool cool here we go all, all right. right let's get into <laughs> our uh our draft yeah, And uh, first of all, I this is this is funny because, I mean, I know specifically Paul does not go online and look at any lists. Nope. And I, I always do for the sake of just, you know, how do I how, how do I stack up or is there someone I've forgotten or just to get pissed off? Like, no way. That's number one. You know what I mean? Like there were a few I, I I looked at where Jimi Hendrix was number twenty two, and I thought, who are these people? Like, <laughs> who's who's? I'm with all I was due fucking respect. Head number who, one. With all due respect, yeah. How is Dimebag Daryl better than you know? <laughs> right. and I, despite the fact that that guy was a pretty good player, but mm-hmm. the, the the one thing that I noticed most was there's a lot of overlap. There's a lot of players that get counted as both Rhythm who I would have thought were lead and who get. A lot of love as a rhythm guitar player. Yes. Pete Townsend was the most common of those, where Pete Townsend gets a lot of love on both sides of the fence. So I just wanted to put through that, throw that out there in case we do get some, in case, you know, there is some, like, he's not a rhythm player, he's a lead, you know what I mean? That yeah. that could possibly happen. Um, with within the within the draft and the picks that mm-hmm. we have, I know I have one outlier that nobody's going to have, but I don't know if I'll get to that draft pick. So anyway, um, do, how do we go? Last time we went, I went first. Mark, last time, yeah. yeah, Mark went first. Last time we didn't. High, uh, we didn't go to the legal firm. The the prices were too high. We haven't been <laughs> on in a while. The <laughs> <Yeah>. Advertising <laughs> revenue has slowed down in the last two weeks, so we, we couldn't pay the high price lawyer. So let's let's just do it,
3: gentlemanly. Hey, Benny, who I who think you go should first?
1: go first. I think you fucking earned it this week
3: for sure but can we uh, can we can we set up what our our band is right now like what everybody where yeah, everyone stands for I love that idea I can't dry. remember who I picked yeah, yeah. so i've got um, uh, john bonham and um, roger waters right yeah, left I, in my bin I have uh, Danny
2: Carey on drums from Tool and I picked Jack Bruce from Cream to be my bass player which is a good <laughs>
1: one I have, <laughs> I have <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil Collins on drums
1: and Sting on bass Holly cool. I, <laughs> I, I remember
2: yours I have Flea on bass I can't remember who I picked as my drummer yeah, exactly. you, you sort, you sort of stepped outside the line you had a hybrid of uh uh, Neil Dave Grohl and Neil Peart. That's right. Uh, Franken yeah. drummer. That's right. Two drummers. That's right. <laughs> Which I, I I say to just like the guy on on the highway. Pick a lane, Paul Morris. Pick a lane. What's your favorite phrase? Pick a lane. I do. I like that one. I'm sorry. I'm picking all of
0: them. I am the guy who rams up and down the highway changing lanes. That's right. That's right.
2: Not signaling. I have a lot of bisexual friends, and I always tell them, pick a lane. Come on. You <laughs> can't have it both ways. And they're saying, why do we
0: have to pick a lane? Why do I have to why pick a lane? You gonna uh, pick you stay it? rid of the yellow line. I'd like, I'd like to shop at the salad bar. I,
2: I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go first. First. All right, um, I'll go first. Then. I'm always yeah. curious to see who gets if my pick gets stolen for some There's reason. So I'm going to sit back. Somebody else take it away.
1: All okay. right, I'm going to start off with my uh, my rhythm guitarist. And like you said, Benny, there a lot of these uh, a lot of these artists kind of showed up on both sides of uh, both sides of the fence, so to speak. <laughs> um, but uh, I think when it comes to rhythm. This guy might have the most out of anybody. Uh, born in uh, 1945, February 6, 1945, he was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1984. He won a Peace Medal of the Third World in 1978. He's ranked number 11 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Artists of All Time. And he won the Order of Merit from his home country at his eulogy uh, The Prime Minister of his country Delivered a final uh, His final word saying His voice was an omnipresent cry In our electronic world His sharp features Majestic looks And prancing style A vivid etching On the landscape of our minds Bob Marley was never seen He was an experience Which left an indelible imprint With each encounter Such a man cannot be erased From the mind He is part of the collective Consciousness of the nation So my uh, pick for Rhythm Guitar Guitarist is uh, the one and only Bob Marley.
0: Cool. Wow, that's a great So pick. we've, got, we've yeah. got Sting, Bob Marley, I'm, and
3: Phil Collins. I think I they love, would work well together so far. I no, I was gonna I was gonna say I I in like obviously Bob Marley is one of the greatest rhythm guitar players of all time, but like I don't know that I could pick him given the collection of people that I already have. But with <laughs> yeah. who you have, yeah, Sting like, and it's Bob actually, Marley. It's, it's pretty. It's very, very interesting yeah that's <laughs> yeah. super cool i dig it i gotta he, tell you
2: i'm impressed because i i bob marley never crossed my mind as soon as you said the name i'm like wow that deserves some consideration so what you
0: know, you know you know chris you said oh well obviously he's a great rhythm guitar player i never really think of marley mm. as a guitar player same seem so think of Mar- marley uh you know the vocalist the songwriter and uh I really haven't really put a lot of thought. And I think maybe because I don't want to say there's not a lot of Bob Marley to really go through to sort of get, but there's not, you know, mm-hmm. because he passed away such a long time ago. Concert footage is a little rare. You know, It's he's not as ubiquitous as a lot of the other guitar heroes that we inevitably are going to be talking about here. But that's mm-hmm. a by the way, if you were a general manager putting together a hockey team and you would pick the three that you did already, dude, you're going right to the cup. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Those like, you know, I'm, I'm, when I do my draft here, I'm just picking players. And I really have not really put much thought into whether these guys would actually play
2: play together. Yeah.
0: We, they, you know, if, if the players that I end up picking, when it's all said and done, here, that may be the worst thing that ever happened in music. When they get well, into you'll be the like, room.
1: yeah, you'll be like the Leafs, like Tavares, Matthews, Martin, but none of them can fucking play
0: together. <laughs> 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 I mean, The Who, I mean, the guys in The Who, for instance, are just one of the best quartets musically in music history, but they hated each other. They didn't get along. They (laughs) trash-talked each other, you know? Yeah.
2: Real quick note note on Bob Marley recordings. The best live recording I've ever heard is Bob Marley and the Wailers live at the Roxy. If anybody can find it, it's a double album. It's a double album from the mid-70s, around 75, 76, and it's the best live recording I've ever heard. So that being said, said, who's picking picking that?
1: If you ever get to hear Bob Marley on vinyl, like that is that is mm-hmm. the way to listen to it. Like it's yeah. my stepdad had an album and he played it for me, and I was just like, "Holy fuck!" Yeah, like,
3: he's amazing. Bob Marley, uh, his greatest hits record was like a staple for our our barbecues growing up. Like yeah. we, that's all we would ever listen to. Um, I could go next if you don't mind. Sure. Go ahead. Is that cool? Yeah. Can I go to my lead guitar player, or do I have to pick rhythm? No, now? let's stick Not with rhythm. rhythm. Is that oh, cool? Sure. We'll stick with rhythm. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so this one. I think you know as far as as far as the conversations is of the greatest guitar players of all time um he's definitely always recognized, but I don't know that he's he's he seems to be like a little bit more of an afterthought especially which I think is a little bit um unrealistic when you can consider his contribution just to rock music uh, the early beginnings and you know 70s 80s uh even some of their newer records their, their later records in their career there there's some really good stuff i'm gonna go with keith richards as my rhythm guitar player he's played he plays lead obviously as well um Th- that's kind of the uh, appeal. One, one of the, one of the one of the reasons that 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 makes Keith Richards stand out is he 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 has this style that really bleeds between rhythm and lead, right? But I, looking at the way Keith Richards plays and looking at the way that Keith Richards writes songs, to me, I feel like as a rhythm guitar player in the collection of people that I have, he would fit really well because he's he's not as much of an out front presence in either musically or on the stage as, as some of the other people on the top list. And, and, and like I said, I've got Roger Waters already and Roger Waters is like, he's, he doesn't really share the stage very well is (laughs) kind of my thinking. So if you put somebody that, if you, if you put somebody there that's like can, can kind of slip in and, and obviously, you know, Keith Richards is just a prolific songwriter One of the greatest rock and roll songwriters ever um, I, I think it would be a really interesting dynamic Between between him Obviously it would be a very interesting dynamic Between him, yeah. Roger Waters uh, and The only thing John is I, 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 Go ahead, Polly, first
0: oh, no, I was going to say that Keith Richards is also my pick For rhythm guitar player mm. oh. And I'd like to add into this whole thing Keith Not Richards <laughs> uh, Yeah, Keith you got to go Richards. to the secondary pick, Polly. Uh, no, I'm not going secondary pick. I'm keeping this one. I'm you're sorry,
2: Sidney okay. right, a... Crosby, you're a rental between the Penguins and the Flyers.
0: thing about Keith Richards is he, he works 24-7. I mean, he's the butt end of a lot of jokes, but I mean, not only his legacy, but he has, I think all great guitar players have a relationship with their instrument that's truly unique. Hmm. They, they, they obsess about it. Keith Richards' nickname is the Human Riff. He is the guitar. And there is a lovely thing that, yes, he's sometimes a lead guitar player, but very often he is the rhythm player and he knows his place on stage. What's great about Keith is he knows how well to work with everybody. He is the glue that holds the Rolling Stones together. But what's interesting is that in all his projects outside of the Stones, it's the way he brings the room in together particularly when he's working with the Jamaicans. It's just tremendous. He's there to make music, beautiful music. His respect for the past. He's, you know, his hero is Chuck Berry, the first guitar hero. But there's this lovely thing when you watch him play the guitar, it's like he's doing... It's like a lovely dance that's taking place. Mm-hmm. There is a way that he plays guitar like I've never seen. You know, great guitar players have this way, this posture that they take on, mm-hmm. right? They have this, the way they hold the guitar, it's the way they stand up. You know, there's there's just this pose that they get. Keith's pose is kind of like It's like there's nobody else in the room, and he's talking to the guitar the way he makes it play. There's a great documentary, and just the way he caresses the neck of the guitar and the way he hits the strings, it's like, it's a beautiful thing. I
2: I watch him play, and I always see uh, like a ballroom dance and a guy dipping his partner. (laughs) <laughs> do, you know, do you know what that, I mean? That, the, the way it, he holds it, the neck that, of the guitar.
0: That's it. There's st- and, and sometimes I said, what sounds is he making? I don't know. There's things that he's doing with his hands that he's doing, and he's not hitting strings, but he's again, it's yeah. a dance. It really is something. Yeah. But when you hear Keith's riffs, man, like, you know, um, give me shelter, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah. He, he wrote that. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm with you, Chris. <sighs>
3: <Keith>. Ben, ben <laughs> says he watches Keith Richards play and he thinks of a ballroom dancer. When I watch Keith Richards play, I think of Count Dracula, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato, right? And with, uh, with all uh, due
2: respect Keith, to Roger Waters, he wants to own the stage. Keith Richards, is the stage, motherfucker? Yeah, but that's but that's the thing, right? Like Keith Richards doesn't
3: need to be flashy. Yeah, I feel like like a flashiness kind of wouldn't vibe with Roger Waters in I, general. Like Roger Waters is the flash, you know what I mean? Whereas, it's, it's he's still a little bit under, understated. But uh, yeah, I, I think it would be cool to see that. And fuck, man, Keith Richards, some of the greatest. Like, I, I, it's just you know. I, I just don't think that Keith Richards, for whatever reason, like you know, you, there's this reverence for Jimi Hendrix and and um, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimmy Page and like these guitar Van Halen, um, Van Halen, like all, all of those guys. I just don't think Keith Richards. You know, when when people think of of the Rolling Stones, they think of Mick Jagger, but. I think you know, of Keith Richards. Keith Richards is just—he's—he's he's one of the greatest songwriters ever. Well, and he's
1: still going to be going on long after we're
3: all dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's gonna—he's so gonna be leading a band of cockroaches three thousand years from now. <laughs>
2: all right, my, uh, my my guy's still on the board, so I, I'm gonna go ahead. So when I think of rhythm guitar, I think—I do think of riffs. Riffs, rhythm is is typically riffs. Rhythm guitar, to me, is is like that uh, for the bands that do have it. is is the bridge between the rhythm section and the lead guitarists and the vocalists. Like lead guitarists and vocalists, very rarely write the hook in a song. That usually falls somewhere on the rhythm section or in a lot of cases on the rhythm player. So I'm considering that and I mean of course when you mention Keith Richards as a rhythm player. By the way, that's another guy along with Townsend who got a lot of lead and rhythm votes. There was a big crossover with Keith Keith Richards as well. So you think about hooks and you think about just things that are immediately indelibly printed in your head and you think of with Keith Richards, but you also think and i'm also putting this guy in here because he goes in well with my my other guys he can sing he's a great player he writes as well when you think (laughs) i am taking james hetfield clearly as my rhythm player (laughs) in my band to go along with danny carey and jack bruce i think i got something special going on here yeah i I agree that's insane uh, i'm James, ah, ah, yeah. with that. And, and again, <laughs> rhythm. You, you talk about a guy who <laughs> plays his instrument that flying V and the way he holds it, and just the way that V looks, and how Metallica plays. He's another guy. He doesn't have the f- the the flair, or the artistic nature of a Keith Richards or a yeah. a Pete Townsend. But there's something about the way he plays that guitar for the music that he's playing. That's very. So, it, who else it, is your band
1: works. now? So you got James... I'm, I'm just trying to, like, I've got as Danny a team.
2: Carey from Tool on drums. i got Jack Bruce from Cream on bass. And I've got James Hetfield as my rhythm player. <laughs> That's pretty fucking
3: solid, yeah, too. It's, right. it's coming along. J- it's James Hetfield always yeah, the next me as, like... <laughs> J- James Hetfield is, like, when, when you... W- when you picture an artist or like a musician or any sort of artist, it, it, it would be the opposite of James Hetfield. I think he's like an anti-artist. He's like, yeah. he comes off to me as like a guy that's just like, like he's got the, that bro energy, but he's just yeah. so talented and such a great songwriter. And mm-hmm. he's just such a force that, you know, it's, 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 it's super cool. He's such a, he's, he's a, he's a character, man. I, I don't know if you ever watched that, um, uh, that documentary that they Some they Kind of did. Monster? Oh, I love it. it. It's excellent. So it yeah. was
2: excellent. And yeah. apparently there's a follow-up. Um, cool. Like, hmm. Kind of like Polly's Let It Be thing. There's a follow-up. There's a reinterpretation and sort of a revisiting of where they were then and where they are now. My wife was telling me about this. I, I For some reason, or maybe I dreamt that, but <laughs> I do seem to recall her mentioning something that there is some sort of follow-up piece to Some Kind of Monster, which I thought was really good.
0: I'm at ends with a lot of this stuff in in many ways I'm really like I like to look behind the curtain at what these people's lives are like and when some kind of monster came out it kind of spoiled something it was uh, on the one side it was a story about um, the life of a rock and roll band and the real issues that take place in the band Um, and yet it really sort of pulled back the whole idea that this was a bro band that this was a powerful band with all of their things together that they were all for one and one for all, alcoholica and all that type of stuff. But it really says that no, we have some real issues and priorities that are outside of of doing Master of Puppets. You know what I mean? It's we are more than just Metallica, and that's what it was like. But when you saw four guys in the band whining, it was just mm. like that's <laughs> not that's not the James Hetfield I want to see. I mean, I know he's struggling, but James, just suck it up, play it, you know. And it's like. Yet it became a real a real story, and uh, I'm always at, at ends. Is that sometimes I want to know everything about my rock artists, and sometimes, sometimes I don't. You don't. Yeah, I mean when we saw the Osbournes TV show, it spoiled everything. It ruined everything because he was no, he, they made Ozzy look like a fool. And I said, This is not the Prince of Darkness, the most awesome lead singer in metal. This guy's an idiot, a lovable idiot in the end. You got to understand him. I said, You know, and when I interviewed him, he says, That was all Sharon's idea. And we didn't know what we were walking into. And, of course, people were laughing at the Osborne family for mm-hmm. the longest time because of it. So when it came to some kind of monster, yeah, it was a deeply personal story about a guy in a band struggling with one of their bandmates. And on the other hand, it's like, no, I like that guy that steps out onto the stage for two and a half hours every mm-hmm, night yeah. and pummels me with his riffs. Yeah. That's the only James Hetfield I want to know. You know? It, took, it,
3: stripped, it stripped away the mythology Of Metallica for sure But like I kind of dig that stuff Like I, I love to see Me too. <laughs> re- I, You know I love to I see the reality Of it where it's just like oh like, like, The Aussie thing was obviously like Like a caricature of who he is Right you know and I mean? that's why and I like some f-
2: kind of monster I thought it was straightforward It was very candid and very honest And that's what I liked about it
3: Yeah it's cool <laughs> So well, let's get to, on to uh,
1: lead guitar players There Marcus yeah, lead guitar. Um, <clears throat> so many, so many to pick from. Um, yeah, where do you go here, right? Yeah, but again, in trying to keep with the uh, the vibe of my band and just thinking of these guys on the stage together at the same time, I was having trouble. Uh, Tom Morello was it was definitely somebody that I was thinking about, um, and I think he would certainly add something that that band doesn't currently have. However, um, I think that I'm going to have to go my last pick, um, with, uh, George Harrison. Mm -hmm. I think that his ability to work with, I shouldn't say I shouldn't. I was about to say his ability to work with two of the most brilliant musicians of all time. But he was one of the most brilliant musicians of all time as well. So I think that downplays his contribution to uh, to the team. But he is a team player. If there was ever a band member, that's a team player. Like, fuck, you think of the Beatles, you don't even think of him. You think of the other three guys and you mm-hmm. don't think of him. Um, he's the oft forgotten Beatle, even though. um Incredibly, incredibly talented, uh, and that was that was shown even more when he left uh, when he left the Beatles and, and got a chance to have more songs that he had written on albums. Think um, think of, of
2: all the, the the award shows that you've watched and and all the the uh, sort of fundraising, all all the shows where great musicians get together and think yeah. of how many of the, the other people who could make this list. How many have gotten together to play while my guitar? gently weeps it is one of the it's like one of the most covered guitar songs ever you know for for when you get a whole bunch of great players together they're going to play that song i think that uh, at least that i that's been what i've noticed i'm not arguing your pick at all Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I I'm.
1: Uh, I was reading an interview too, where they were saying that at the beginning of "You Can't Do That," there's a, there's a twelve str- <laughs> there's a twelve string guitar riff at the beginning of it, and uh, and the person kind of was just listening. He's like, "Yeah, I came up with that, by the way." And they were like, "Really? How?" He's like, oh, "I was just standing there and thought." Oh. You gotta do something. And I think that he he probably felt that a lot of the time with those guys in the room. Like, fuck, look how talent I gotta do something. I gotta be I gotta show my creativity if I wanna fucking stand out in any way. And I think again, you you've got George Harrison, Bob Marley, Sting, and Phil Collins they're going to get along they're going to be around for a long time and they're yeah. probably going to write a lot of fucking music together so even when they're all gone and you know i mean off this uh, mortal plane they're going to have uh, like the 500 songs that these guys came up with and never released i just think that they would be a, a songwriting machine and uh, a fun fucking concert to go to like you could bring your you could bring your parents you could bring your kids and everybody would have a good time at a Phil Collins. I got to come up with a band name for that,
3: but how about Menudo? From what you just described, (laughs) I'd love to hear that band do uh, (laughs) the Wiggles. (laughs) I'd love to hear that band do a reimagining of "Here Comes the Sun." That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, 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 super
2: cool. Yeah,
3: Um, yeah. That's a sweet. Chris, you were dying to get off one or something. (laughs) You were dying to get off the hop with your lead player, so I'm I my curiosity is peaked. I don't think anybody's going to pick this one, but it's just because I, I this is actually one of my favorite guitar players of all time. I play guitar and I have for a very long, like since I was a kid, um, and. You know, I every every time I revisit, and and what's funny about this is I'm not even really that big of a fan of the band that he's in, right? Hmm. Like I, like I'm more of a fan of like I'm a fan of the band in in so much as I'm a fan of the guitar player, and, and everything else can go away for me. Um, and that would be John Frusciante. Okay. Um, I think John Frusciante is one of the most underrated guitar players of all time. Like, I, I think that a lot of people really like to focus on the mythology of like the '60s and '70s and like the the the, the early days of rock and roll when they talk about guitar gods. And, and I think John Frusciante specifically isn't. He's he's in a band full of really big personalities in the Renata Chili Peppers, and he kind of gets third billing uh, in that band. But when you listen to the music and you listen to his contribution to the band, it's really just like like he, the, his his backup vocals are are really understated, and and you can vi- you can almost miss them if, if you're not paying close attention. Which is the beauty of what he does, and um, same same with kind of like his. Like there, there's not many there's not many guitar players, for example, that can that can play second fiddle to a bass and still come out <laughs> complementary and make both parts seem whole. It's incredible to, to me to what he does. Um, so, OK, so to get just to kind of get into like a, a little bit of history for Frusciante, uh, he's he joined the Red Hot Chili Peppers at the age of 18. Um, he's recorded with uh, this is one of the reasons why I think he would be a really good pick. Um, he rec- He's recorded uh, with, with everyone from, from Ziggy Marley To the Wu-Tang Clan To uh, Johnny Cash So all over the place um, He's done five studio albums With the Red Hot Chili Peppers um, Arguably Not even arguably
2: Without a question The best it, five
3: the, the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers they're, they're a band just like
2: um, Van Halen In, in that it, it, Some people say It's not the Chili Peppers Unless Frusciante's there it's, it's like the whole It ain't Van Halen If it ain't got Roth Yeah Sort of argument You know what I mean There are people how, I know Who only, feel only feel recognize it. The Red Hot Chili Peppers If John Frusciante's playing
3: Yeah I, I have no interest In listening to any Red Hot Chili Peppers music Without John Frusciante yeah. To me It's just You know Anthony Kiedis bumping around on stage, pretending to be fucking Jim Morrison mixed with Iggy Pop. Like I have no, it's like an impression to me. I'm not. I'm (laughs) not the biggest. I'm not (laughs) the biggest fan of Anthony Kiedis. I think a lot of his like lyricism, like people, people make the guy claim like he's this big voice of a nation poet. I think it's just a garbled mess and and it's nonsense. You know what I mean? Like
2: you talk about the wiggles Yeah, like.
3: You know, and it's good because the music's good, right? Like that's what's that's what makes me that's what gives me all the appreciation to John Frusciante all that much more is because like he makes jo- Anthony he, he 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 makes Anthony Kiedis sound like a genius, which is uh, you know. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so he did five (laughs) studio albums, 12 solo albums. Uh, if anybody's interested in checking those out, I would recommend, uh, recording record only water for 10 days. That album's unbelievable. Um, and I think uh, just lastly, one of the things that I really love about John Frusciante is one of the things that I really love about David Gilmour as well. And I, and I think John Frusciante is like the spiritual successor to David Gilmour, which is why I was so curious to see what John Frusciante would be like with, um, with Roger Waters. I feel like they would they would harmonize each other mm. very well. Um, Paulie, yeah. before
2: we get to yours, I'm just
3: <clears throat> pulling out the Sharpie here, making a note
2: for next week's pick for Singer. Don't pick...
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <Got it. laughs> just, just before I get to my
0: pick, which is pretty obvious, um, I will say is thing it? about Frusci- uh, Frusciante. Is back in the Chili Peppers again. Yeah. Oh There's yeah, a, it, it's a it's a weird kind of band. Some, some, at some point in time, Flea has got to answer to the thing. How come you keep going back to Frusciante? This is your this is going to be his third time in the band. Now Frusciante kind of got up and left the last time after I guess the Californication record. He says I've done this. It's like there's nothing new to do. Time to move on. I think he, for whatever reason, and then last year, um, you know, Flea and Kiedis called up Josh Klinghoffer, the then current guitar player in the band, and said it's been nice, but we want to move on to something different. And and it was great as how accepting he wasn't. He says, I, I'm heartbroken. I had more ideas I wanted to bring to the band, but I love these guys. And it's their band, really. Mm-hmm. In the end, is that, the guitar player sometimes is the hired gun in the Chili Peppers. There's Hillel Slovak. There is uh, uh, what's his name Navarro. Navarro. Dave, Dave Navarro. Navarro. And there's a there's another guy that was apparently played in and out of the band in their early records, but he didn't make the Hall of Fame. He's still pissed off these days. <laughs> but there's, there's still one. But there's still. Frusciante, he's brilliant. I saw him playing the Chili Peppers, and, and during that tour, the Californication tour, there were these poem, there were these moments that they carved where he and Flea would have their moments in the spotlight, and that's where he he shines inside of the band. But on his own, he really is great. Those solo records, yes, you're right, you should hear them. I've heard one or two, and they are good. They're
2: solid, yeah.
3: Weird dude, though. <laughs> Very so oh, so weird. weird. But like, I, that's what I love about it. like. You want your rock stars to be weird. They have to be weird. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what makes them interesting. You don't want some guy to show up in a business suit. They have to have that charisma. Or, yeah, otherwise you'd otherwise you'd be in Mark's band. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: my pick. Um, you know sorry. when you, go, you know when you go to the you go to the, the well, supermarket the, gr- the grocery store and you see. <laughs> You see a collage of here are the three guys in rush and you can bid on that that frame photo. Here's one of yeah. the tragically hip. You could bid on that. Yeah. So I was at my local Zare's the other day and as I was checking it, I walked by the latest one, which is called Guitar Legends. And knowing that we are going to come to this, I said, well, isn't this interesting? So I took a photograph on it here and I said, yeah, as I go around the circle here of all these people, there's B.B. King, there's Jimmy Page, there's Chuck Berry, there's Keith Richards, Dwayne Allman, Eddie Van Halen, Jeff Beck, Eric Clapton, and Pete Townsend. And we all know those names. They uh, have left us a legacy of music that's unbelievable. But the guy in the middle is James Marshall Hendrix. That's Jimi Hendrix. And there's a reason that he's at the top of most guitar players' lists. And it's sometimes really difficult to underdo it. But, you know, Ben, a couple of weeks ago, you in one of our lists, you said Third Stone from the Sun, listen to that song. And so yesterday I listened to it again, and it's all there. That's it crazy. is absolutely magic. You know, most of these guitar players, not all, but most of them play conventional blues and interpreted the blues and Hendrix did that as well too that was his foundation but oh he took it he took it into the stratosphere when he did it now admittedly the music of the day uh, was psychedelia and so he kind of played into it he, I don't want to say he invented psychedelia but he took the guitar guitar to places that when you hear it sonically it's like what is he doing It's like it's like a magic act Uh, He was a technician. He's the type of guy who used to hot rod his own guitars. He would take up the soldering iron and he would paste it together and he would try it. Uh, But more than anything, though, there are sounds that he created, even in the simplest songs like Purple Haze, which, you know, you may be too familiar with and all the rest but when you listen to it and what he's actually doing it's unbelievable now interesting we we're talking about people in this thing we we're talking about band dynamics and here's a guy that had shitty band dynamics and sometimes geniuses they just can't work with people because they hear something in their head that they can't get the rest of the guys to play for them gretzky so they started, was a
2: great player but he was a shitty coach
0: that's that's right, yeah. exactly, you know what I mean? Beethoven didn't get along well with his musicians and the people that he worked with because he was hearing things and doing things that they were saying, oh, I can't sing that fast and it's way too freaking high. And he says, just do it. Yeah. And that's the same with Hendrix here with some of his bandmates. I mean, the experience were were kind of put together for him, and it worked, but it didn't last very long, Mm -hmm. you know. But Jimi Hendrix, man, it's just like he only did three studio records, and some of them are not perfect, but it's what he did, man. It's just, And then there's the human and the beauty in the music and the melodies and things. I didn't even get to that part. I've been talking about just the technician, the player, but Jimi Hendrix, I mean, how can you not? Yeah.
1: yeah, I still remember like, an interview I, with I, I, Paul McCartney uh, where he said, <clears throat> sorry, the first time he ever heard Jimi Hendrix, he was sitting in a bar with a couple other band yeah. uh, bandmates and he heard, he just heard the guitar get plugged in and he was like, what the fuck is that? And he like turned yeah. around and all of a sudden, like the first couple of notes, he was just,
0: I've yeah, never heard a, anything like that. There's this. a couple of great stories. There's one in which Pete Townsend invited the guys in the Beatles and the Stones and Clapton was in the room, and there's another story about Clapton, but I'll get to that, and it was kind of like a bit of a showcase gig, and they watched him, and one guy said, I'm gonna, I I quit. (laughs) I just, uh, what is he doing? It's crazy. Then there's another one with Clapton where uh, this is when Cream was on, and this is when Clapton's playing was really electric and really loud, and he came on, and they um, they did Killing Floor, an old blues song, and Clapton got up and left the stage. He says, you told me he was good, but you didn't tell me he was that fucking good. And you're talking about a guy who is playing past, at the time, the guy they called God on guitar. Clapton just said, I can't play on this level with this guy. He is playing, is essentially playing music I don't know about. I don't I don't do not know of. And that's really a compliment when Eric Clapton uh, Clapton's really good with his compliments. He's been like that with a lot of people and and for many years. But with Hendrix, it was literally I can't play with this guy. He's playing in a way I just don't know how to play. Mm
2: -hmm. Hendrix, Hendrix is is almost like one of those sports records that you just know will never be beaten. Yeah, it's like baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, is anybody going to do that again? And you, in your head, like, when you're often asked that question, yeah, somebody will eventually beat that record, but this is one of those, no, nobody's ever going to beat that record. And if, if, hey. if we had gotten, I'm picking fourth, if we had gotten through you three and somebody hadn't picked Hendrix, I would have felt yeah. a moral obligation to say Jimi Hendrix, even though yeah. he's not my first pick. Yeah. You know, I, so I would have felt obliged. It's too obvious. Because I, 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 I thought <laughs> there'd be absolutely no credibility to the four of us if one of us didn't go with jimmy hendrix yeah <laughs> sure. that's yeah. how good so, jimmy hendrix is Ben
1: before you I, had to your have, pick, I had to have a okay. beetle in my band too
3: <laughs> right yeah uh ben before you get to your pick the only thing i wanted to shout out was uh hendrix uh that that band of gypsies record is actually one of my favorite albums ever as well i don't, I don't know wow. if you've had a chance to listen to it but uh, i'm gonna definitely be listening like i'm gonna be listening to that today for sure because it is some powerful shit
2: all right so you want mine
3: yeah, your, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, there's a
2: little bit of what in my pick, and it's a little bit off the board. But there's there's some qualities to this this player that you guys have mentioned. Uh, Paulie was head. just talking about. Uh, it's not bucket head. I'm sorry, <laughs> Uh Paulie just mentioned a guitar assembly. Uh, Chris at some point had mentioned something that that stood out to me about his pick, and it just lost me. Sorry, I, I'm just going to go ahead and explain this. Um, I'm going, there's there's a balance. So I've got Danny carry on drums. Again, I'm, I'm keeping my band, trying to keep in mind how it's going to sound when they play. Um, and so I'm taking this guy because I th- I've got a very technically sound drummer. I've got a bass player who's a little bit more simple. I've got a rhythm player who technically, as a rhythm player, is a pretty damn good guitar player. So I'm going to go a little bit more simple. I like my lead simple. Um, you know, there are obvious picks to me like Page and Hendrix and, and 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 you know, like people can argue for Eddie Van Halen for the intricacy. I like simplicity when it comes to lead guitar. And again, oh, uh, it was Chris that, you know, th- th- there's this romanticized era about old time guitarists where the new guys don't get any love all of this and more and i just think he's an incredible guitar player jack white is my pick to be my mm. lead hey, guitar player i'm going with jack pick, white
1: man totally forgot um, about him good yeah,
2: one yeah that that opening footage what was that film polly with uh it might get loud uh, it might get loud that opening sequence where he builds a guitar out of a couple hunks of wood and some string and a coke bottle i just i watched that and just went That's the fucking coolest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Like it it just, there's something. And so that, that was really my introduction to uh, Jack White's actually in a movie with the edge and, and Jimmy page, like, is this guy that good? And so I, I really started to dive into uh, more White Stripes music, and in particular, Rackon Tours, that Consolers of the Lonely Record, yeah. it would be in one of my... It, I, I I probably put it, if you if I were forced to say top 10 albums ever, that album would make it for me. Uh, that Jack White can really fucking play guitar. Yeah. And there's just, again, there's, there's something about his sort of simplicity that I think blends in well with my other players, and there's just... There's an allure. Uh, there's something. There's something very uh, uh, cryptic or something very mysterious about Jack White as a musician and a, and a guitar player. So I think he he lends in well, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go Jack White as my pick. Cool, nice. man. Cool. Yeah. I'm not. Paulie. Any, anything? You're looking doubtfully at me.
0: No, I'm not looking <laughs> doubtfully. I mean, I, I think, I, I, we, the way you started with the it might get loud thing was really it was a real interesting thing because it was three guitar players coming from three different generations right. and three completely different approaches to playing the guitar, and it was great watching the three of them watch each other and how do how do you do how do you play that again? Yeah, but Jack, Jack White, you're absolutely That's right. So he was cool. kind of like the he was kind of he was. He was the most interesting because we know the edge in U2 music. We know definitely know Page and Led Zeppelin. But how does Jack White get into this league? And he proves it there. And you nailed about his simplicity. Yeah, yeah, it's just he gets out of the guitar what he needs to get out of it. And it matches the songs that he writes and all the rest. Yes. There's, there's a lot of rough edges in Jack White. His vocal, his, his lyrics, and the way he
2: plays. But it's so right on. I know. It's great. Yeah, and I, again, I like that kind of balance of, of simplicity and technical in my band. So the, the, we've got four pretty damn good bands, gentlemen. Yeah. So I'm going to fill in the blanks here
0: because I know that some people who are listening, I might say, hey, what about, what about, what about? Yeah, me good? too, me too. Yeah, I, I have one
1: up. extra guy yeah. I got to add to.
0: Uh, I just want to, I, I, who does categories?
1: That's, I usually like to do categories.
0: You're uh, So I came up with categories of, of guitar players, and I'll start with what I call the Holy Trinity. Of guitar players, and it goes back to the 60s blues thing. And these are all the guys that were in the Yardbirds. So that's Jimmy Page, Mm. Jeff Beck, and uh, Eric Clapton. Uh, Jeff Beck may be the player that you are least acquainted with, but many people think he might be the best of the three. Uh, The technicians. okay. When I was growing up, I loved Frank Zappa. He is absolutely brilliant. Then there's Joe Satriani, and then there's Steve Vai. The guys that are part of the G3 uh, conference, so guys like Robert Fripp, and let's not leave out the Edge. He's a technical player. Yes, a guy he plays is. Plays with a lot of devices and a lot of different effects to get the sound that he wants. Yep. Uh, let's not forget about guys that are the jack of all trades. These are this is a player that's played with nearly everybody, and that is Nile Niles Rogers. Okay, mm. a guy that you see in the background a lot of guy behind behind Daft Punk, behind David Bowie, behind Sheik, who's playing rhythm, funk riffs. These are great guitar players that never get the light of day. Then there's the blues players, don't forget about them. Stevie Ray Vaughan was the first name that I thought of, and I thought, but you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan is kind of a Hendrix type of thing. But I saw him play live twice, oh my God. You cry when you watch this guy play. Uh, The Three Kings of the Blues. The Three Kings, B.B. King, Albert King and Freddie King, mm-hmm. who really kind of left the template for everybody else who played. All those British guitar heroes and Stevie Ray Vaughan and Gary Clark Jr. today all came from the Three Kings. Then there's the jam bands. We forgot about all these guys, right? These are the guys that will play 20 minute guitar solos. And in this lead here, I've got Trey Anastasia um, LaFish, Yep, Fish, yep. Dwayne Allman, Butch Trucks and Warren Haynes. For those of you who don't know those names, look them up. They're great. Then there's the metal. The only metal person that only picked anybody person that picked metal was Ben when he picked out James Hetfield in this whole thing. But let's not forget about Carrie King of Slayer, Dimebag Darrell of Pantera, Eddie Van Halen, Kirk Hammett, Randy Rhodes, and Angus Young, who was my best frontman from an earlier draft that
2: we did, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Hey ladies, hey ladies. Nobody picks female guitar players. Uh, and Polly, really
2: honest to God, I was thinking about this earlier, that there are no females in any of the bands, and I, my mind starts going back to, maybe I should have put Kim Gordon on bass. Just uh, I, so I, I, I didn't interrupt Stevie you, but Nicks yeah. I, I was, I that. Or, or, I was throwing that in my head.
0: Talking is amazing. So I picked yeah. three lead guitar players that you should pay attention to. St. Vincent. I'm not sure if you know who she is. Annie Clark. She's brilliant. Ori... <laughs> I always have trouble with her name. She played with Michael Jackson, Orianthe. She's blonde, long hair, and she... Mm. And Nancy Wilson of Nancy heart Wilson, is, a, yeah. Yeah. is a damn good guitar player. And who did I leave out? Yes, somebody mentioned Tom Morello. Uh, Slash.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Slash
0: is unbelievable. And, and that's all I got. So I, in those categories that I try to fill in all the gaps. And, you know, I, I kind of find, what, wow, these... All the, it comes back to that discussion. What kind of a rock band do you want? Yeah, Mine, mine's a freaking mess right now. <laughs> a lot of you guys of really thought these these things out, but I mean, an all-girl band. Maybe that's what we do one day. We put together our all-girl band. I like that, that would, idea.
3: And I'm we, I'm probably gonna pick a female lead singer. So. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm I have a feeling know I know who he's it. going with. But I don't that's... know yet. I, I don't even okay. know where I'm going. So I'm curious. To I think, think with my band, sing, but... I almost have to. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I've got, I've, I've got enough people that can, in the, in the background that could sing as well. I, I think like a complimentary piece. Like I, I'm just a, I'm a sucker for that dynamic with the, with the male female harmonies and stuff. And, and, and there's like, you know. There's so many to choose from. I might go off the board with that one. Um, I'm hoping hoping you can isolate the what
2: that Paul Morris just let out a few minutes ago. (laughs) So we can have that as like our hot key for when somebody says something truly shocking.
3: (laughs) 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 um so for for guitar players that i wanted to shout out uh like for one of the ones that i was really considering for rhythm guitar player was malcolm young i don't think he gets enough love i mean the guy the guy was unbelievable um it's hard to hear him do anything other than like riff rock acdc music but i'm sure he would have been capable of it um prince you know like i'd like you know as a lead guitar Rhythm player lead.
0: yeah lead yeah okay yeah okay yeah i want to hands up on this thing somebody mentioned about uh when everybody jams on my guitar gently weeps
3: yeah that's, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and a lot of people were saying you know when prince passed away there was this talk about him of course you know everything that we see prince do but somebody said hey great guitar player and they have this clip of him with tom petty and eric clapton and Prince playing my guitar gently weeps, and he goes into that solo, and you can just watch them step back, and as they're as he's playing, ripping into the solo, they're looking and said,
2: "What? Yep, he plays like this. Yep, mm-hmm. I've seen was, it, Paul. I've seen it, and yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like that whole thing you were describing with Hendrix, where a whole bunch of really good players stood back and went, "What the fuck? What mm-hmm. is going?
0: On? I saw it, I saw him on the Purple Rain tour. I'm bragging here and all the rest, and he did Purple Rain for 20 minutes, and it's just like, he literally brought the roof down playing yeah. the solo yeah. of the rain.
1: Can I say as well, I'm, I'm, you guys probably saw it, they had a Beatles tribute and uh, Keith Urban and John Mayer did uh, a Beatles tune and it was, they didn't sing it, they just uh, played guitar and it was fucking phenomenal. Keith, you were like, Keith you Ur- couldn't believe Keith. Like,
2: I can't stand Keith Urban, I but know. he's a hell of a guitar oh, player. Oh man, is he ever. Oh, yeah, my
3: God. Yeah, I can't oh, stand John Mayer, obviously,
2: but yeah, I, I can't respect a man who's prettier than his wife, but I uh, <laughs> 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 he is one hell of, one hell of a guitar player. <laughs> And that's
1: saying something because Nicole Kidman's a looker. Hot. Yeah, but yeah. he's he's so he, he's,
3: stupid. he's hot. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what, one note on Slash. Um. Pauly brought up Slash. He's. I think he's got the greatest guitar solo of all time in "Sweet Child of Mine." I think that's the best one ever done, which is hard. Um, the opening and one. The yeah,
1: yeah. yeah um, so good. Tony
3: Iommi, I feel like, is really underrated and kind of lost in rock history a little bit.
0: I forgot to mention him and the metal players. You're right. Yeah.
3: And uh, Carlos Santana. Is the last oh, one yeah, I wanted to shout out man. because what's cool about Carlos Santana that I've always gotten mad respect for is the guy doesn't really sing <laughs> and he still managed to be, like he still managed to build like an insane career mm-hmm. off of just being like a lead guitar player. Like I don't know, how, like an, a solo lead guitar player, it just baffles me. He like how he's been able been able to carve out like like a an ins, a, a Hall of Fame career just by not singing and playing like a lot of his stuff is instrumental outside of, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the Matchbox 20 collab, you know? (laughs) Oh, that was so bad. (laughs) That's all I got, yeah.
2: And I just wanted to uh, very quickly mention that uh, James Hetfield was my pick for rhythm. My favorite band, I I don't think anybody would give the hip any love here, but I think Paul Langlois is one hell of a great rhythm guitar player. Mm -hmm. And if you throw an acoustic, think of all the acoustic songs that that guy has laid down. He has one of the best acoustic sounds in recorded music. I think Paul Langlois is a really great player. I do. Yeah.
0: I, I think he's great as well too. I, I like uh, the song Three Pistols. Hearing both Langwa and uh, and Robbie go play play against with play against and in, uh, in unison with each other. Yeah, there's a lovely there's a lovely dance as I like to say that takes place between those two. The way they play against each other is really special.
2: In that yeah, song. yeah. Paul Langwa is a hell of a player. So that that's all mm. I've got too. Awesome.
0: Oh, I also mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Kim Mitchell uh, is pretty amazing as a guitar player. I mean, we kind of read him off. Yeah, there's patio lanterns. Oh, God, I hope I never hear that song again. Uh, But uh, in his Max Webster days, man, he lays a trail. He's pretty great. And Bruce Coburn is pretty amazing. I saw him play. Mm. And and, and a guy that gets no love at all. And he has uh, 30 years of doing records that are consistent from album to album to album, monster riffs on the radio is Alex Lifeson of Rush yeah Yeah. never makes anybody's list because Alex Lifeson is not he's a chubby white guy you know (laughs) he's not cool there's nothing cool about Alex Lifeson you know he in his spare time he golfs and he plays tennis and he likes fine wines he's not he's not He's not bang and bang, bang. (laughs) He's not a rock and roll prototype, but man, can he play? Can he play? play. Yeah. And and, and the thing is, he's dedicated to the guitar. He's one of these guys, you know, that he's learning, continually schooling himself on, on different ways to play the guitar. Because he's a musician. He's He's a musician. He's not a rock star. There's a difference. Hey, he's he's an artist. That, that's a good point. That's yeah, great. Yes. He's right? hard, and yeah. yet, and some, yet some of those heavy metal riffs that he did in the early days, yeah, yeah. working man. But it's business. Yeah, that's a rock star riffing
1: He clock, he clocks in. He does that fucking riff, and then he clocks out, and then he goes and drinks wine, and which is respectable. Yeah, goes I, and plays I have tennis. All the respect for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep, if you sure. can do it, if you can yeah. turn it on and off like that, you don't yeah. have to be, you know, I mean, choking on your own vomit to be a fucking <laughs> on our lists. You can be, <laughs> you can be a good family Aww. man. Like, <laughs> come to my
2: concert. I'm telling you, these fucking guys. <laughs> yeah. that's your, but that was a. Requisite for getting onto this podcast You have to at least once have choked On your own vomit mm-hmm. that's, that's how I got here What
3: about what do your, your guys take quickly to end Because I feel like this is going to be a fun little Around uh, What do you guys think about the Nuge Ted Nugent
0: Oh Oh my
1: God! He wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't meld well
3: with Bob Marley.
0: In my, <laughs> I don't
1: think.
2: Oh,
0: so when I was a kid, the Nuge records were the first ones I. Bought. I remember I went out and bought twenty one twelve, the Ted Nugent Ted Nugent record with Stranglehold on it. And I can't remember the other one. It was a Canadian record of a band you don't know. And this Nuge record, the riffs on it, like Stormtrooper and of course Stranglehold and Motor City Madhouse. Man, that guy was a mad guitar player. He was really, <laughs> yeah. really, really good. And then the idiot came out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I as mean, such yeah. as I love Wang Tango, it's just like, yeah, just sorry. You You're wouldn't fit. Freak. You wouldn't Shut fit out. in my
1: band. Like Sting. Yeah. I just I picture Sting and Bob Marley and Phil Collins just talking shit about him all the
2: time. Yeah. Like. I don't know. You asked the question and a fucking squirrel went running across the fence and I thought <laughs> breakfast.
0: Uh, props for the nooch is a guitar player. He sure. was great. Um, Amboy dude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, let me ask. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me ask real quick. Um, we, we, we've still got to do singer. Charles are, we Manson. Gonna, are we just doing singer? Are we breaking that down into... Singer, I, th- I feel like writer should get or, or do we just do we have to weigh in on, you know, do we just are we picking our ultimate singer in terms of vocal ability, stage presence and lyric writing all wrapped into one or I mean, how writers, I mean, the writer isn't always the, the singer, right? I mean, right. we just talked about Neil Peart. So may- maybe writing doesn't work into that, but do So are we just going with one total package stage presence and vocal ability?
0: Let's um, let's go with the idea that uh, songwriting is a democracy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> let's just go with a singer. <laughs>
2: let's yeah. just go with straight up singer. Okay, but we're yeah. not.
0: Okay, so hey, hey, we, hey, listen, hey. if they bring those songwriting tools into the band, then they are an asset,
1: right? Right. right. I think we should have to come up True. with a band name too. Like it should be singer oh my and God. band
2: name that is considering, considering I like the people, considering guys. the people in the band that's so too. now that we've oh it that's one great. one more thing guys are we throwing in a wild card like are we throwing like a we, we talked like about Blue special Easter teams couple. Yeah, utility players yeah keyboard players special teams, players yeah so do nice we want so to throw man. that in with our singers or do we do yeah, just we'll singers? Yeah, we'll do we'll
3: do we'll do um, we'll do yeah. we'll do a singer. We'll do one singer and then we'll do like a peripheral whatever you want. Special like teams. If you want to get whatever that guy that that saxophone player from what is it Bruce Springsteen or something Clarence Clemens like some baby? baby. Clarence, yeah. 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 If you want to do that you're you're free too. All right, gentlemen. Mm. cool. Good one. That was awesome. It was so much fun. Right Can't on. wait to get back at it. All right. Absolutely. All right. See you guys. Cool. All right See guys. Ya. Peace.